Well, some great songs today. That reminds me of a very funny story. Uh, it was a pastor's last Sunday in his church, and the worship leader stood up uh, in front of the whole church and said, well, Jesus brought our pastor to us, and Jesus is going to take our pastor away. Let's rise and sing. What a friend we have in Jesus. <laughs> so the songs that you pick, uh, you know, they can be very, very timely. Fantastic. Uh, a very, very, as always, important topic today. We're looking at a series in Christmas longing, and a longing today for an invitation to peace. I don't need to tell you, do I, too much, that in this world, there's a lack of peace. We can, we can look on the TV, we can look to parts of the world, and we can think it breaks God's heart. And it breaks our hearts to see what a lack of peace does. But the danger is, we can look to Israel and to the Gaza and Palestine and forget to look at our own hearts. Because your own heart can be messed with a lack of peace. So we need his peace, don't we? We need his peace. Let's get into it. Our story today is from Matthew's Gospel. As always, if you want to read with me, it's on the screen. It's a shortish reading. Here it is. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. What a great name. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and he took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Wow. We often in Christendom, we often hear lots about Mary, and rightly so. Mary was a fantastic woman. My own personal view, the Roman Catholic Church puts too much emphasis on Mary. And sometimes the Protestant churches don't put any emphasis on Mary at all. There's got to be a happy medium somewhere in Scripture. And here it is. Here's a beautiful woman who obeyed what God asked her to do. That's a real sign of a beautiful man or woman is a man or a woman who hears God's voice, does what God says, and does it willingly and lovingly from a heart that honors him. What a great woman she is. What an example she is, actually, of a woman of faith for the guys and the girls to learn from. But Joseph, not much is often said about him. Joseph, he happened to be, uh, shall we say, betrothed to her. Now, you can correct me if you're more of a theologian than I certainly am not, but uh, I think the concept is in that culture that when you were betrothed to someone, you're as good as married, except no sexual union. So he's promised himself to this woman. She's promised to him. They're already, in the eyes of the community, married, and then something quite 
weird happens. They haven't had any sexual union. And Mary says, by the way, uh, I'm expecting a baby. Now, you've just got to try and get inside your head for a moment what that might feel like if you were in that atmosphere, if you were in that situation. It's pretty bonkers. A woman comes to you and says, I'm expecting a baby, but I haven't had sex with anyone. You think, what on earth are you talking about? This is weird, man. Weird. And he has in mind to devote, finish it. Doesn't want to expose her to shame, which is kind. But also, he's got a lot to lose in terms of his reputation within the community. So today I want to look at this story, primarily keeping focused mainly on this story, and I want to look at three key things I think God's put in my heart. The first thing is this, peace, if you're taking notes, peace comes from God himself. If you, I have to be honest with you, I have to be straight to the point lovingly, if you're looking for peace somewhere else outside of God or the Lord Jesus Christ or the Spirit of God, you're going to be very frustrated because you will not find the peace you're looking for in something else, whether it's that or something else to some false gods or some other things that you do, it helps me get peace. By the way, there are some things that help us to be chilled. It's nice to have a bath, read a book. Yeah, I'm talking about deep-rooted peace where you know you're right with God and you're right with people and you know you're right in a situation where something's happening, where you're experiencing something of God's presence when it looks like you shouldn't be. I've already had conversations today with some people going through some stuff. And it's dead easy, isn't it, to lose your peace? You might have known Jesus for years, but you can lose your peace because you take your eyes off him and you look somewhere else and you stress, you freak out, and your eyes go off him. And then I wonder in my, my own heart, why am I in a mess here? I know why I'm in a mess. I've taken my eyes off Christ. I'm going somewhere else. Not helpful. Let me show you why from Joseph's life. He gets this, that peace comes from God. The first thing is this. God says to him, do not be afraid. God, through the angel, says, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. God is kind of saying, I can be trusted. I know what I'm doing. Who's with me? Often we don't get that. We think, what's he playing at, man? What's he up to? This is bonkers. Don't get it. Joseph understood through the voice of God that came through the angel, he got that God can be trusted. Secondly, God says to him through the angel, what is conceived in Mary is from the Holy Spirit. God says to him, I am responsible for this. Now hear me carefully. I'm not going too far into this today, but it's a wee bit of a controversial one. Some Christians want to blame God for everything. Be careful what you attribute to God. It might not be his doing. But in this case, God says to him, what's going on in Mary's womb is directly re related to me. I am responsible for this happening. 
That brings great hope. It brings great peace. Because if God reassures us, I am in this, I am doing this, this is my work, we can go, yes, we can trust them. If it's my work or your work, can I say humbly, it's a different story, eh? If I'm trying to manufacture something, it's a different story. But God's responsible for it. Joseph gets confidence, his peace. God's got this. I can trust him, but he's also involved in this process. God tells him what to do. You are to give him the name Jesus. God's saying, I'll guide you, Joseph. I'll tell you what to do. You just follow my instructions. And I have to say, this guy's quite something, by the way. In my research for this message, looking at his heart and the way he responds to what God tells him, it's quite magnificent. It's a bit like this. God says, do it. And he does it. He just obeys. He loves God. He trusts God. And God says to him through the angel, because Jesus, he will save his people from their sins. He's, he's basically saying to Joseph, I will work out my purposes. This boy that your wife, you will take home, this boy will be the answer to this world's deepest problems, including lack of peace, and I will work out my purposes. You can trust me in this. So, our confidence in life comes from a peace with God that only he can give us. So, I say this lovingly, go ahead, spend a long time trying everything else. But I pray eventually you'll come to the realization that Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. Where else would you want to go? Secondly, my second point is this. Peace comes through obedience. It says in our passage today, Joseph did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife and he gave him the name Jesus. He followed God's instruction to the letter. Not out of some religious boring duty, but out of a love for God that's got to be motivated by a love for God. That's why I want to please him. How about you? Do you want to please him so you'll look better? Do you want to please him so you can tick a box and say, I think I've done what God asked me to do? We love him, the Bible says, because he first loved us. I want to live a life that obeys Jesus because I love him. He's the boss in the nicest possible way. He's the boss. He's the one in charge. I have willingly given over charge to him. He hasn't forced charge on me. I've willingly given over charge and said, come, be the Lord. Call it what you like, the Lord, the boss, the master of my life. I want to follow you because I love you. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I want to bust out a song, really. <laughs> and maybe just quickly, you go to chapter two. The same thing happens again. The angel says to him, get up. That sounds quite direct, doesn't it? Probably the King James Version would say, arise. Maybe arise. <laughs> Get off, it says. And take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Guess what? So he got up. 
took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. And then later on again, get up, says the angel. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, so he got up. And I thought, this, is, this guy's incredible. God just keeps saying to him through the angel, get up, come on, there's something to get done. He goes, okay, Lord. And off he goes, and he obeys. I don't know about you, I find that quite challenging because sometimes in my life, maybe sometimes in your life, we don't quite act like Joseph. I don't fancy that. Well, you'd like me to do that? Ooh. That might mean, that might mean shifting country. It might mean talking to awkward people. It might mean doing a job that's different from the one I've been doing 20, 30 years. That's uncomfortable, God. We all have our moments, don't we? Me too. We all have our moments. This guy obeys God. Listen to this. 1 Samuel 15 says this. Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed is better than the fat of rams. That sounds a bit of a weird scripture. If you come to church today, you don't normally come to church. Here it is in a nutshell. You can stand in church. You can do the stuff. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But ultimately, far more important than all that, and all that, and all that, is to obey is better than sacrifice. That's what it means. So when God looks at me on the floor today, or you, if you stand, or you sit, whatever you do, here's the thing. We all want to be free in our postures to tell him we love him. There's nothing wrong with that. It's super. But here's the bottom line. God looks at my heart. He looks at your heart, and he checks. Does that man or woman love me so much that they're absolutely committed to me and my cause that they'll obey me just like Joseph at any time? That's sobering, isn't it? Sobering in my heart. Am I an obedient son? Or do I say I love them? Do I do this stuff and then say no thanks? No, it's a journey, isn't it? It's a journey. We're not saying we get every single one right. But it's a journey of saying, Jesus, break me in the nicest possible way. Break me until my will becomes lined up with your will so that what you want, I will do. Jesus said this. It's quoted in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7. He says, I have come to do your will, O oh God. Not, I have come to do your will. I've come to do your will. Nothing would delight me more than to do what pleases my Father. And it led to that. Sometimes I just get a bit uncomfortable when he asks me to do something and I look there and I think, look what he did for me in obedience and I just get a wee bit uncomfortable. It's embarrassing. Jesus Christ went the full weight of the cross to lay his life down for you and me to forgive us, to heal us, to free us, to deliver us. He went the whole way because to obey is better than sacrifice. What a beautiful saviour he is. I ain't ever going to apologise for how great he is. 
He is magnificent. He's glorious. And he loves his father so much that he says, I delight, I take joy, I take pleasure in doing father what pleases you. One Christian writer tragically stated that the work of Christ on the cross was cosmic child abuse, insinuating that somehow the father abused his son to put him through that on the cross. That is a total misunderstanding of Scripture. The Lord Jesus Christ willingly obeyed his father. He was never forced to love his father. He willingly loved his father, and he willingly went to the cross to be a propitiation for our sins, and he died in our place, not because his father abused him or made him do it. That's false teaching. I don't normally say that. That's false teaching. That's not true. That's error. The Lord Jesus Christ willingly laid down his life. Greater love of no man than this. He laid down his life. He laid his life down for us. Hallelujah, as the hymn writer says. Hallelujah, what a savior. Thirdly, peace comes despite obstacles. Thank you for what you shared today, Amarachi. It's linked to this about giving thanks in the midst of whatever we go through. Joseph, wow, think about this for a moment. His street cred's ruined. Have you been having, can I just be a wee bit direct here? You know me well enough. You've been having a wee bit hanky-panky with Aunt Mary over there. You know, I've heard about your behavior. I heard she's pregnant. Oh, in that kind of community, that ain't going to go down well. You don't do that around here. Rightly so. Embarrassed. Uncertainty. Is this woman who's now pregnant, what's going to happen in the future? Is this, is this going to lead to anything? Are we going to be divorced? Are we going to be married? Is it going to go anywhere? The uncertainty about how's it all going to pan out must have been going through his mind as well. And a sense of loss. Maybe he thought, maybe he thought that um, the whole thing was going to fall apart and that he was actually... Um, he was actually going to lose the relationship. It's very possible. How about us? I think that's a new world record, by the way. I have preached before and one person walked out, but that's a new world record today. Three people have gone in the one go. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it's for a good reason. I'm just being funny. Okay. I wasn't insinuating bad. Um, but sometimes with us, uh, the things that rob us of our peace can be multitudinal. There's a few up there. Our body image, how we look. I used to think as a teacher that was mainly a, a problem with young ladies. That's no longer the case. It's not just young ladies. It's young gentlemen as well who are very concerned about how they look. Uh, clothes, labels, your work, your marriage, family. How's my marriage doing? Is it going to last? These thoughts cross your mind sometimes in your life, in your journey. Family, I wish my kids would just comply. I wish they'd just be respectful. Sometimes they're very rude, you know. They, they, rob, you, they rob you peace sometimes, a spouse. Uh, if Debs and I ever come to visit you, or any other elder and his wife comes to visit you to try and help you, if you want to ask some things about marriage, understand one very important lesson. Here we go. Number one, the, per the perfect role models are not coming to your house. Nora, okay? When we want to help people, we help people with a sense of we need his help too. 
No experts are coming around your house. But, we, but people who love you and care for you are. And we'll try to help you and turn you to the Word of God and to Christ. And we'll try and help you in your journey. All right? So we all have things to work through. Those of us who are married, those of us who are single, there's also issues we face as well that rob us of our peace. I've been there. I got married roughly about 30 years of age. I never get married dead young, as they say. And as Debs explained last week, I, I surrendered my life to Christ and said, if you don't want me to marry, I'll live my life single and I'll live for your glory, Lord. So maybe you have to say, can I say this lovingly? Maybe you have to say whatever circumstance in life you're in, surrender the whole shebang to God. Give the whole lot to him and say, your will be done. Your glory is what matters, not my personal satisfaction. Your glory is what matters above all else. These things that I've listed, their personal freedom, I want to do this. I want to see the world. I want to make more money. I, want... I don't want to be rude, but that's living like an unbeliever. That's living to a totally different worldly system. It's not kingdom thinking. Kingdom thinking is, Lord Jesus, I love you. I'll lay my life down. Whatever you want, I'll follow you and I'll live for your glory. That's what matters to me. That's kingdom living. My personal freedom, what I like, more money, more cars. Listen, if God blesses you with more cars because you want to give them away, hallelujah. If he blesses you with more houses because you want to give them away, hallelujah. I tell the boys and girls at school, if God blesses you with more finances, there'll be a good reason. Why? Give, 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 and it will be given unto you. Not stash it up, stash it up, stash it up. When God blesses us, whether it's money, whatever it's joy, whatever it is, God blesses us so we give it away to others. Agreed? What does it say? Freely, you have received. Freely give, give it away. Give a blessing to people. When God blesses you, prospers you, whatever way he does it, it might not be to do with money, but whatever he does, be a blessing to others. God loves it. He delights in it, absolutely overjoyed. And here's the scripture to help us. I'll maybe come back to this later again. It says this, wow. Do not be anxious about the big things in life that rob your peace. Who's paying attention? What does it say? Say again, say again. Here we go. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I've been thinking this morning when we're praying, this word transcends. Do you know what? That means it's possible to have a peace from God that's above my understanding of why things don't seem to be working. Why did that loved one go before I felt they should go? Why did they pass on early? Why is my marriage a mess? Why are my kids rebellious? Why have they turned against the Lord and run away from Him? Why is my job so unfulfilling? You name it, we could be here all day. The peace of God goes above. It transcends every single thought that says, why, why, why? Now listen, God's not got a problem with you saying, why, Lord? But honest heart-to-heart -heart communication with him. But we can know a peace that supersedes 
every one of those thought processes. Come on, guys, that's some peace. You won't find that anywhere else but in Christ himself. There's no peace like it. There's no peace like it. Joseph, next slide please, thank you. Joseph heard from God through the angel in a dream. He obeyed God. And look how his life was changed forever. Could you imagine this? Those of you, those of us rather, who've had children or have children, can you imagine the joy for Joseph in obeying the Lord and then getting to spend those years with Jesus? Probably, I'm, I'm, I'm going away from Scripture maybe a wee bit, but maybe not. In the carpenter's workshop. Hey, son, let me show you how to do that. Boom, 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 boom. Sawing, nailing, yeah. He got to spend time with the Savior of the world, this young boy who would grow up to die on the cross to save us. He got to enjoy those precious moments because he obeyed God. Imagine if he'd run away. Imagine if he said, Mary's pregnant. I'm out of here. He would have missed the blessing of God on his life. Where for at least, I don't know how many years, into probably teenage years perhaps, maybe more, he gets to spend time with this beautiful lad who even at the youngest age obeys the Father, lives a beautiful, perfect life. What an absolute joy it must have been for him. I have to say this. Experiencing the peace of God, it's what you choose for. I've often said this, you don't have to worry about my theology. I think it's balanced. I hope so. These brothers will keep me in line if it's not. Here's the deal. Does God want to fill you and me with his peace? Absolutely. Is he going to force it on you? I think what he's waiting for is, Lord, you can do this today. Lord, in the midst of my mess, fill me with your peace. I can't do without you. See the moment, it's beautiful. See the moment you take a step to the Father and you just say, yes, please. He loves it. And he loves to lavish you with all the good things he has for you. But he's looking for a people that respond to him, a people that are in relationship with him. Not stoic statues, but people with life, even a wee bit of life today. It just says, I need you. I need your peace. Brothers and sisters and dear friends who've gathered today, I have to say to you, you can choose to stay in your unrest if you wish. Shocking to say this, maybe. God will let you stay in your unrest if that's what you want to choose for. Or if you want to choose today to experience his peace, he, you take a step to him, you'll discover he's already been running towards you. He's waiting to lavish you with his peace. No matter what is going on, good or bad. I must stress that. In preparing this message, I've had little opportunities this week to stress. Anybody else this week had some opportunities to choose for stress? All right, so you were in the right company. My sister, briefly, you know, got married recently. She came home Friday from her honeymoon. She was staying over one night in Glasgow round the corner from my parents. Then on Saturday, her and her new husband were moving to Wales. 
and my mum and dad no longer have my, my sister, the daughter, round the corner. I'm 420 miles away, my sister's going to Wales, and there's no family, immediate family, round the corner from both my, both my parents with Alzheimer's. I phone my parents, I've tried to up my game. I've, I do phone my parents regularly, but I've started to phone every day, especially when my sister was in the honeymoon. I phone my parents, I phone up, and the other person has hung up. Get this error message on the phone, the landline. And then I start to think, how am I going to contact my parents? There's no one next door I can call to go in and see them. My sister's no longer there. Their landline's knackered, messed up. They don't use a mobile phone with the greatest respect because they're technological dinosaurs. Now they are, I'm not being unkind, I love them to bits, but they're technological dinosaurs, they don't use a mobile phone. Uh, I said to my dad um, one time recently, uh, what if I email you? Oh, I don't use my laptop anymore. Great opportunity to stress. Guess what? I took it for a while. Then I thought, no, 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 no. The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. What I've had to do, you could, I would appreciate you praying about this, what we've had to do is, my sister, before she left, I said, put a wee note by the phone, call Al, 6.45 p.m., then my number. They never phoned at 6.45, such is the nature of the illness, but they phoned me later on in the evening, and they're going to, they, they've told me they'll phone me every night at 6.45, because they can phone out, yeah, but they can't receive calls in. It's stressful. If they were in great health, I wouldn't be worried. It stresses me, upsets me. They're my mum and dad, I love them. There's always opportunities to stress, agreed? So I want to encourage you today, don't think when anybody, guy or girl, stands up here and preaches the word of God, I'm never standing up here because I'm the finished article and, I, and I've got it all sussed. I'm standing up here telling you, this is what I need to hear. And this is what you need to hear. Because here's the deal, brothers and sisters, this is the truth of the word of God. The truth is not, I'll give in to stress. The truth is, his peace is available for every storm in life. And I can be as calm as anything when the whole world is raging. Leads me on to my little quote up there. A few years ago, uh, I went on one of those Oak Hall trips. It's a Christian holiday group where a lot of Christians end up meeting someday and they get married. A wee bit like Christian version of 1830s. You know what I mean? That sort of thing. That's where I met Debs on one of those trips after I'd been to about 343 of them. No, that's not quite true. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. I think I'd only been about three. And uh, I don't believe in lucky, but third time lucky, the world might say, I'd say very blessed, very blessed. Good answer, Al, good answer. Uh, and when I, when I went in my 20s, I met this cracking bunch of young people from, uh, I've got to be very careful here because it's a mixed audience in terms of um, our politics. So I'll, I'll, I'll go on the safe side, okay? I met this, love, this lovely bunch of people from Northern Ireland, Stroke Ireland, okay? And this guy that I got to know very well came from Londonderry, Stroke Derry, depending on what you want to call it in terms of your religious affiliation. I'm not going to get involved in an argument. So I went to um, stay with this guy called Peter, 
bless him, ended up involved with, I think, Overseas Missionary Fellowship, I discovered recently on social media. I went to stay with Peter and his mum and dad in Derry, Stroke, London, Derry, Northern Ireland, Stroke, Ireland. <laughs> Golly, shocking. I started it now, yeah. Stop trying to please everybody. Right, and um, his mum and dad used to go around lots of churches, uh, old style, okay, that's okay, old style, old school. They used to go around lots of churches in Northern Ireland, Stroke Ireland, he had his accordion, and they used to sing gospel music, the two of them. They used to go to these churches and sing gospel music. I want to read to you, I've still got the two cassettes they gave me. Oh, that's shocking, isn't it? Who's still got a cassette? Andy's still got a cassette. I've got some, all these old people like me in the church. Oh, I've got a cassette. Apart from you, you're quite young. Uh, and here's, here's what it says, right? Listen to this. This is so apt. I played it this week and bawled my eyes out. You might know the song, old hymn called In the Shelter of His Arms. Listen to what it says. This is so apt. And when you hear it, as I was doing my devotion yesterday, it ties up with Psalm 91. So if you want to read Psalm 91 when you go home about God's protection, listen to this. When my soul was disturbed with sorrow, when my heart was burdened with sin, Jesus opened his arms of mercy and he tenderly took me in. The chorus says, there's peace in the time of trouble. There's peace in the midst of the storm. There is peace even though the world be raging in the shelter of his arms. It says, there are storms that we all encounter. Do not fear, they will do you no harm. In the Lord, you will find protection in the shelter of his arms. Though the world all around be raging and it's filled with many alarms, trust in Jesus and he'll keep you in the shelter of his arms. Brothers and sisters, you might feel today like you're in trouble. That's not unusual. In this world, you will have trouble, Jesus said, but thank God, he says, I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. We can overcome because we're in him. You may feel that you're in the storm. You may feel that the waves are battering your life. You may feel that the world around you is just gone mad. Bonkers mad. Raging roundabout. Anger, frustration, hatred, bitterness. It's all in the mix. I have to tell you, there's peace in the time of trouble. He's called Jesus. Peace is found in a person. So as we finish, two quick reflections. Where are you turning for your peace? I had a situation at school here, in a Catholic school, some time ago, when we had a well-being day. And uh, you had to sign up for something. So I signed up for this group meeting over there in the drama studio. And uh, it was meant to be a time of chill, relaxation. You could just have a bit of peace and quiet. I thought, that'll be okay, I'll give that a go. I turn up, and this lady who's leading it starts to talk about Indian stuff in terms of what Indian people do with their gods. See you later. I'm out of here. Catch you later. I wasn't being rude. I walked out. The deputy principal, not for any bad reason, wanted to have a word. You okay? I was absolutely fine. I said, if I need to go for peace, I'll go to my Father in heaven. I'll be as relaxed as I can be when I'm in his presence. That's where I'm going. I'm not prepared to go to any Indian gods. Not because they're Indian. No gods, small g, no other god. Father, Son, Holy Spirit will do for me. I'm not going anywhere near any other means of finding peace through somebody else's small g. 
I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm not trying to be difficult. I'm going with my conscience. I'm going with my heart. I'm going to honor him. I ain't going to open myself up to other stuff from other places that are unhelpful. Do the same, brothers and sisters. Stand strong. Come to the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit. Enjoy God. Be in his presence. I can get my classroom, play worship music and worship the Lord and I'll get the greatest peace I need. I don't need to go to some small G. No need. Turn to the God of peace. We've mentioned Jesus this Christmas. Isaiah says, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Come to Christ. Do you know what it says in Micah? The book of Micah, a little obscure book in the Old Testament. Chapter 5, it says, when Jesus comes, he will be their peace. Wow. Jesus will come and be our peace. Secondly, are there any areas where you are being disobedient? Are there any areas where God is saying to you, I want you to do this, I'd like you to respond this way, and you're saying, nah. Well, good old word, but a good word. You need to repent. You need to turn around. You need to say, I'm sorry, Lord. My attitude stinks. My attitude's wrong. My heart's wrong. I'm sorry. I'm turning around. Forgive me. And ask him to fill you with the Holy Spirit and empower you to be able to obey. I think in this room, there's a whole bunch of people like me who want to love Jesus and we want to obey Jesus. I know we do. But some stuff gets in the way sometimes, doesn't it? So I want to encourage you today, whatever you're going through, some of which might not be your fault, peace is available. You'll only find it in him. If I had one desire for you, maybe the best Christmas present you could have from Al, it's this Christmas to be filled with such peace. You know what? How could I sum it up? It's like this. Jesus is in the boat with the disciples. The storm's raging. The Bible says, Jesus is up the back of the boat having a snooze. That's the peace of God. That's a picture to me of the peace of God. He's so chilled. It's all right, my father's got it in hand. We'll be okay. He's so chilled, he's having a snooze at the back, at the back of the boat. The rest of the guys are frantically diving around trying to do their own thing. And he's sitting there going, oh, thank you, Father, relaxed. I don't know about you. Anybody else like me like to be like that in the midst of life's storms? I would. Rested, peaceful, chilled. Not being rude, but dozing off. I'm not being sleep <laughs> This is lovely. The peace of God's lovely. Okay, let me pray. Um, we're going to worship and invite the band back now. But as we sing this final song, it's a very, very powerful song. And I want you to let the truth of it deeply impact your life. But shall we just stand together if we're able to do that? And I want you to be brave with me. Um, so if you stand together if that's possible, don't worry if it's not. Um, I'm going to invite us to just respond. You don't have to uh, say what it is. You can come later. There'll be some of us here to pray with you if you want to talk more. That's absolutely fine and pray more. But can you just stand together? Maybe we could just close our eyes if that helps um, so we don't feel embarrassed. Is there anybody like me who needs to experience today afresh? Uh, maybe the first time or maybe the hundred and first time, the peace of God 
into your life right now. Stuff you're going through that's unsettling your peace. You feel today like, I'm being robbed of my peace because this is just consuming me. Is there any... Okay, thank you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to include myself as well, okay? It's not, nothing to be embarrassed about. It's perfectly normal. Okay, let's just pray. Lord Jesus, first of all, we just want to say sorry for the number of times we tried to do our own thing. We tried to work it all out by ourselves and we leave you out. Please cleanse us and forgive us and come by the power of the Holy Spirit now. Would you come and absolutely drench us with your peace from the top of our head to the soles of our feet? The peace of God that passes all understanding. It doesn't make sense in the world's eyes. Come and fill us with such peace. As we sing this song, I pray, Father, that there will be freedom for some as they declare its words. May they encounter your freedom, your touch by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we ask all these things for the glory of God and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.